It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Hey everyone, this is Molly Mandelberg and welcome to episode two, which is all about the starving artist. So what is the starving artist? Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I know a lot of healers and visionaries and artists and very powerful, impactful people who are often so heart-centered and kind that they forego making an income for their passions because they don't see um, – either they don't see that their passions are lucrative or they don't believe that they should be making money for something that they are truly passionate about or some of them are the wounded healer types and they don't think that they should be making an income for healing services, which is another um, ballpark altogether. So I'm going to actually go into a couple of other archetypes in addition to this, but I want to start out with a starving artist because it's very um, real for me. It's a place that I've spent a lot of time in my life. There were many years where I was sort of a wandering gypsy. I was traveling the world. I was selling my art at music festivals. I was doing whatever I needed to do to get to the next city or country or town or show. And in the meantime, I was very broke and had a story about money that it was wrong and bad and evil and that if I were to have it, I would be an asshole. <laughs> to be totally honest. So one thing I made true was that money was wrong and bad. And what I found later on and that I'm enjoying playing with now is that money is actually just energy. It is a game we play of energy. And the more that we allow it to flow through our lives, the more good we can actually do with it. If you think about it on a pretty basic level, if the... um politicians or bad guys or um, whoever you think has a lot of money are the only ones with it, then only their wishes can be done with it. So what if more kind, heart-centered people, more Oprah's, more Ellen DeGeneres's, more, um, you know, people willing to take a stand for what's right and what's good and what's important had more money, you can only assume that the world would be a lighter place, a place with more generosity, a place with more kindness and contribution and charity. Um, so I just want to blow that myth out of the water that money is inherently evil and that people with it are somehow bad. And wh what would be possible if we as leaders and coaches and guides and healers were actually willing to be people who had money, who had enough to go around, who had enough to, um, you know, fund nonprofits and create social change. Um, that's something that I would like to see more of personally. So what else is possible? The world is our oyster. What would it take to have more money to allow our services to support us? And in the meantime, that would mean not having to have a part-time job perhaps while you do your passion for a living. Um, 
you know, that's one of the most frustrating arguments that I hear from people is this is my heart's work. And so I shouldn't be receiving money from it. And if your heart's work is to be a healer on this planet or to be a coach or a guide or someone helping others, and you're spending half your time or more working a job not doing that just so you can pay your bills, I think you got to really take a look at what you believe about your purpose on this planet. Um, so what would it take to get paid for your heart's work, for your services? And that's a conversation I want to hang out in. That's a conversation I want to be a part of. That's a conversation I try to inspire in a lot of my clients. How can we make it so that more of your genius is fueling your life? And how can you be that energy more of the time? I had a client recently who is a healer and she was experiencing, um, you know, there's a lot of other beliefs and false beliefs and ways of being that come into play here. And not all of them are conscious. So I don't want to like attack someone for not making money with their passion because a lot of times we're actually trying to do that and we're not sure how to make it all connect and come together. So I had a client who was um, struggling with that recently and she was working with her clients and doing amazing healing with them and still not bringing in quite enough people or enough um, enough clients into her practice to actually be sustaining herself in her life. So we started to dig into that and see what was it really about. And through our conversation, we uncovered that there was a belief in her that as healers, we are responsible for taking the pain from our clients. That we're responsible for taking it from them so that they don't have to experience that pain anymore. This is a really sticky belief to buy into. And I know that a lot of us do it. That if we're supposed to take all that pain and suffering from people, it's only natural to assume that we would take some of it on as our own. And that means the more clients you have, the more pain you undergo, the more clients you have, the more suffering you have to um, transmute and translate and take on. Um, and who would want to do that? That doesn't sound fun at all. That means that, sure, I might be making more money, but I'm going to be ill or I'm going to be uncomfortable or I'm going to actually you know, come down with something serious after a while when I start collecting all these issues that I'm taking on for other people. So how do we get out of that? Why would we want to take that on? Um, so when we were unpacking it a little bit, actually, it took me a few days of thinking about it to, you know, formulate a new idea. But the truth is, we don't take things on for people. That is not the best we can do for our clients, for our patients, if you're someone in that practitioner field. Um, we don't need to take it on or take it from them. What we should be doing, what we can do is create a container, create a space inside of which they create their own healing. So that can be through coaching. It's often a question. It can be an invitation. It can be a hypnosis session. It can be an energy work. But a lot of what we're doing in this, um, transformational leadership zone is actually creating a container by which people empower themselves. People discover that they've been empowered the whole time. It was just some muck that got in the way that once they moved that 
out of their space, out of their reality, that they are actually all-powerful beings. They're infinite creators, and they, they can do what they need to do to get out of pain. Um, so from that standpoint, how much more fun would it be to be a healer where all you have to do is um, support people in reducing their suffering and that you get to make money doing that? How does it get better than that? How fun would it be to create a practice where you get to do your heart's work, you get to watch people come back to life, and you get to support and feed your family um, due to that practice? I think that would be so much more fun. Um, So yeah, we're not empowering people, we're supporting them to release whatever bullshit they have that's keeping them from realizing that they've always been powerful, that they've always been able to heal themselves and all the rest of that stuff is um, I think stuff we've just made up to stop ourselves so how do we get rid of it I have been playing with some really fun tools to get rid of that stuff if you haven't heard about it already access consciousness is a really amazing tool set but the underlying um, theme is you know when we are in decision and conclusion about something when we've decided that We have to take their pain away or it's evil to receive money for my work or anything that's hard and concrete like that, a a decision and conclusion, a real like stuckness around an idea, then we've shut off the flow of energy that could be serving us and could be feeding us and could be creating more in our lives. So what questions can you ask or what energy can you be? to bring those decisions and conclusions back into a space of um, not knowing, of not deciding, of being in um, opportunity and curiosity and creativity around those things so that something else can be created. Um, And that's just a really fun, fun conversation to be a part of, I think. So where do we go from here? If we're going to release the starving artist, we're going to stop Um, buying into the story that we need to suffer in order to share our deep work with the world. If we're going to give up that wounded healer, um, actually, the wounded healer is a totally valid archetype. I think it's inevitable that when you heal others, you heal yourself in the process and that we all are undergoing um, a releasing of what's keeping us stuck and what's holding us back. So Not to release the wounded healer, but to get that as healers, we are facilitators, we are not miracle workers. The miracles occur when we facilitate, and those are coming from the people who need them. Um, Sort of the way hypnosis, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, that I think all healing is self-healing, and it's that we allow others to guide us to those places. So what do we want instead? What archetype or identity could we create in this new space that we're opening up and the one that came up for me when I said to myself I'm I'm done being the wounded you know starving artist pathetic being of the past what do I want to create in the future I chose the warrior goddess as an archetype, the warrior goddess as a new identity to step into and that's one thing I'd like to be as an invitation um, 
be an invitation of as a leader is this warrior goddess taking a stand for what's right and good and possible. And I've gotten some pushback from certain people around the word warrior and that it feels hard and that it feels um, like it's pushing against something rather than uh, expanding into it. And I think that most of us can agree we are living in a time right now where it's important to take a firm stand for something. And something I've definitely learned in the few years that I've been in business is if you don't put a stake in the ground and commit and really continuously choose the path ahead of you as the one you are going to walk down and take action to do so, that um, you're sort of stuck in the mud if you don't really take a stand and take action. So I think the warrior is a, a powerful energy to step into. You can be a warrior for the light. You can be a rainbow warrior. You can be a, you know, magical unicorn warrior, but a warrior nonetheless, because there's a, a, a sense of right and important and for what's yours and fighting for your community and fighting for your tribe. And that doesn't have to be a fearsome battle, but it is a fight nonetheless. And it is a stake in the ground kind of energy. And then the goddess is also the powerful divine feminine. My <laughs> vision for the future is really rich and yummy because it includes very powerful female leadership in our communities, in our families, in our lives. I was raised by a really powerful um, woman and by a very powerful you know, tribe of women around her. And I'm so grateful to have gotten that and to be able to continue that lineage out into the world. I think if you look around, even the male leaders that are making an impact are doing it with such authenticity and grace and integrity um, and caring that it brings up the feminine. Absolutely, there's a balance there. Yes. First off, being willing to go against the grain and take a stand for what you believe in um, is super important. You know, not everyone is going to agree with you. So look for what's true and what they're saying. And I say be willing to adjust your viewpoint as you gain new information and new insights. Be open to the challenges that come up, whether in your business, um, if you're getting started, or if you're trying to get to a place of more freedom and fun, or with challenges in your community. Be willing to welcome issues as an opportunity for growth. One of my mentors actually does this so flawlessly from the stage. They actually welcome controversy because they know it's an opportunity for the entire group in the room to transform from overcoming whatever that issue is. There is no successful business out there that I've heard of that hasn't had at least one moment of question where they wonder, can we do this? And I think it's in those moments when we double down, when we invite that warrior goddess energy in and truly commit to our own growth and to our own vision for the future, that we step into the potential for real powerful impact. The warrior goddess does business in a lot of ways, I think. But the last that I'll mention here is that she does it with a fierce and wild heart. 
We need women in leadership who have looked fear and doubt in the face and said, not this time, damn it. I'm doing this whatever the fuck it takes. So what would it take for you to commit that fully to your business? What kind of support would the vision you have for the future need? Does that mean hiring a coach? Does that mean hiring an assistant? Does that mean hiring a housekeeper so that you can spend more of your time focusing on your vision and your mission and um, expressing your genius out into the world? It might look a lot of different ways, but one thing I know for certain that my mentor, uh, one of my mentors, Jesse Corrin, says is a big vision takes big support. So be willing to go out there and get it. And you're probably wondering, what does all this have to do with tactical magic? Well, hopefully some of it is obvious, but I'm glad you asked. Tactical magic is going to be a lot of things from systems and strategy to spiritual empowerment. My main intention is to leave you with more awareness and tools than before I found you. So get ready for the next episode. Hold up. Hey, (laughs) thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical Magic. 